You're listening to the Voice Note podcast. The voice within. The voice. You're listening to the Voice Note podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, though? What up, though? It's your boy MC. You know the rest, baby, aka MC Cheetah, and you are now listening to the Voice Note podcast. Welcome to the Voice Note podcast. This is the Voice Note podcast, the voice within, and I am your host, Nigel Jovo, aka Nige Vision, aka the Media Mogul, aka I do the most. Yeah, man. So, yeah, this is yet another exciting episode of the Voice Note podcast, and today we've got an amazing. Uh, young musician he's also a leader in music and uh, this guy is representing his province is representing his city he has been nominated on several awards uh, platforms and uh, he does house music all the way from the southern parts of Zimbabwe and I'm proud to say this guy is one of the very few uh, musicians and artists who are proud to use their native language uh, when it comes to making music in Zimbabwe we've got uh, over 15 official languages we've got 16 official languages in Zimbabwe and this guy uses one of the languages he's from the southern part of Zimbabwe Bait Bridge Bait Bridge is a border town which uh, links Zimbabwe to South Africa or South Africa to Zimbabwe uh, whichever way it is I don't know but however this guy is amazing man he's making beautiful music house music using vendor and he's been on several media platforms right here in Zimbabwe his name is uh, Padilla and uh, he does house music we felt that uh, we have to interview this guy on the voice note podcast because he's representing his culture well so yeah man we've got Padilla right here on the voice note podcast today I hope you enjoy the interview and uh, stay tuned to the voice note podcast Adila was born in Bedbridge Town in Matabeleland South, uh, the Bedbridge Town which is the border town to we linking Bedbridge to South, linking Zimbabwe to South Africa. Yeah, that's where I was born in Bedbridge. <laughs> uh, actually my stage name doesn't have any meaning. Uh, actually it was a mispronunciation of some vendor words by some Dewele guy so at the end that's where the name Badila came from the guy actually was trying to pronounce as in Bandalangale guy that's vendor meaning where is my belt so the guy failed to pronounce those words and, and ended up saying Libadila so at first people were calling me Libadila, 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 but as time went on, they just shortcutted it and just left with Badila, Badila, Badila. So actually, basically, that's how the name came. Uh, in my music, I talk of our day-to-day lives, our day-to-day living. Uh, I talk of how we live, what we experience throughout you know, our living, in you know, our communities. Uh, I'm not that type of a person who thinks about money and stuff because uh, really 
I don't have any money that I can go around singing about and bragging about. So I stick to my life. I sing about what I see in, our, in my day-to-day living in life. So basically, that's what I sing about. Padilla started his music career in 2013 when he was doing his when I was doing my A level form five. Uh, I started doing music as an inspiration from some other artists in the music industry, particularly in the house music industry. Yeah, we got guys like Oskiro, Professor, DJ Tira, uh, and our all, our very own at home those guys who did the essay comability track the three kings from blawayo yeah those were my inspirations just mentioning a few uh, it's not like it's only the house guys who inspired me but even guys from other genres also played part in inspiring me to be in the music industry we talk of the legends all of yeah those guys also inspired me to pursue my journey in the music industry <laughs> oh yeah 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 i don't know if you guys the, the, the nigels you know they they usually ask me this question they, this other nigel from the newspapers he also asked me this question and you again nigel you are asking me the same question okay but dila where do you see yourself in five years all right but Dilla, in five years, I'll be Africa's next top ten. I mean, Africa's. I'll be among Africa's top ten artists in five years. Trust me. That's my vision, and I will work towards it. I know with the support we are getting right now, yeah, very possible. Believe in God and work hard. You pray hard. You know anything can happen. Only God. His plans for us, and you believe, he, and if you believe and trust in him, you know, you won't disappoint you. So basically, in five years, I'll be among Africa's top ten artists. Oh yeah! As for my vision for life, yeah, we know in Zimbabwe it might it's difficult when we grew up. We had very, very great visions, great visions for life. But yeah, oh yeah, we gotta face what we are facing now. Our economy is not good. So yeah, we end up diverting our visions and then and then concentrate on and then concentrating on doing what we think can make us earn a living at the moment. But my vision for life uh, currently I'm studying, I'm doing my diploma in my national diploma in information technology. So that's where my vision for life lies. I wanna be that programmer. I wanna be that information technician. We know technology, you know. Luckily, technology goes with computers. So I think I might end up producing for myself. <laughs> I just that, uh, yeah, I'm very, uh, I'm very eager to learn new things. So I might end up being a producer for myself. I want to learn how to produce so that I can produce for myself. Yeah. So basically, that's my vision for life. I want to push my academic career, which is in information technology. Oh, yeah. Currently, 
Yeah, I'm working on some singles. Just recently, I dropped my single, which is titled in three different languages that I'm very fluent in. That is Chivenda, Isindevele, and Chishona. The track is titled Wonkonera, Mandigonera, Uyangenzela, meaning the Lord has done so much for me, so I think it's time now. I give credit to the Almighty for all the blessings that he has poured on, on me. Yeah, the track has been doing quite well. Mm, local registrations and people have accepted it so good. Uh, and currently, besides that track, I'm working on two singles that are featuring an essay based by a Zimbabwean DJ uh, who goes by the name DJ Hop, it's a com track, a com track that is that 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 trick calls some of the songs or so, so some of the songs that we used to sing long back when we were kids playing, you know. There's this song called Amina, Amina Kadia, Simoria, Amina Wansha, Pia Box, Malandela, Malandela, Kumpefe, Kumpefe, Amina Ju, Jackson. So currently that's one of the singles that we are cooking right now and the second single is tracked is titled Mfuna Yena which features Shuza drums and Mark Feller the guitarist. So basically that that's what we are working on. Yeah. Oh I always feel bad when I talk of that one. Oh yeah, but we have to talk of our past so that we give room for the future so that we live going on yeah i no longer play soccer i used to love soccer soccer was my favorite sport i loved soccer so much more than music yeah but because i have a condition i have a condition that stopped me from playing soccer so yeah i'm glad god had to give me another option which is music yeah and that condition cannot stop me from doing music yeah as for soccer uh, i think it's good watching it on television you know <laughs> yeah but my dream was to play for teams like manchester united real madrid you know yeah yeah but no we cannot change what god has planned for us he knew exactly very well that no, my son cannot do soccer. Let me give him this music thing. And we see we are really pushing very well, very good. Yeah, so basically that's what I can say pertaining that. Oh, yeah. For my Royal Bulawayo Art Awards nomination, yeah, that was a great, great, very great experience. That was so much for me. It, it, it gave me, what, what can I say? I mean, it gave me more energy. You know, the night when I, I learned that I was nominated for the Royal Bulawai Arts Awards, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. Tears were coming out of my eyes. I, don't, I saw that, no. It's not, it's not just an easy thing to, for you to be nominated. Imagine the whole of Zimbabwe. 
being nominated for a category and we were only three it showed that yeah i, I really worked hard it showed that i really worked hard not forgetting to thank my friends and all my supporters my family friends for believing in me the awards really opened way for me it really opened way for me and it was a great experience you know mingling with top guys yeah it was something big for me for my feet i cannot forget that one i won't forget that one it was really an experience a great experience yeah from that award you know that's where you doors were open you can see bookings coming in people calling from different places oh yeah we can we talk to patila we want to work with you you see and at the end that royal bulawayo arts award opened way for me i was also nominated for the other awards that were hosted in kweru the glamour awards and fortunately we won the award at kweru glamour awards you know competing i mean for the best alternative artist competing with top guys in the music industry such as Toki Vibes you know Toki Vibes and established someone you know and then taking the award away from Toki Vibes it means a lot means means it's very it's something very big for me you know yeah so basically that's what i can say about my nominations and awards oh yeah chivenda chashu is one of the 16 officially recognized languages in Zimbabwe but yeah i feel i feel it's it's not yet fully recognized you know when we say fully recognized you have to find chivenda written on newspapers chivenda yeah, of course now these days the 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 there is mafungo news those news in chivenda being read on ZTV. Yes, that's a good move. I'm loving that one. I'm very happy about that one. I've been on ZTV on as a guest about twice on Chivenda News. I'm very happy for that one. Thank you thumbs up to the ones who are pushing our language. Uh, as for me, I think for Chivenda to be officially recognized again we need to have newspapers written in, in that language you know we have to have the language being taught at secondary level or level i mean a level and it must it mustn't stop there you know let's do like Cinderella and Chishona you see Cinderella and Chishona we have studied feathering to university level we also need to see that happening for Chidi, for Chivenda also not Chivenda only but we mean even Chikalanga for the Tonga Chichangani Sisutu Nambi and, and these other minor languages that were not recognized before you know so basically that's that's how i think we can we we can work to make the our language these minor languages recognized in our country we mustn't find everywhere written in isn't the well and shona only we must also accept that 
there are these other 14 languages that we have been, have been recognized and even they are there on our constitution. Uh, yeah. I feel Zimbabwe music is monopolized or can I say it is centralized in Harare mostly. Yeah, we need to do something about that one. Yeah, we need to see radio stations that are mostly based in Harare, having offices in other small towns like Bedbridge, Gwanda, Kadoma, Kwekwe, Plumtree, Wange, Vic Falls, and these other small towns, you know. So that it gives chance for those for the artists from these small towns to submit their works for radio airplay. You know, it's difficult when you find someone having to travel distance from, let me take for example, from Plumtree all the way to Harare to submit his music. Or rather, let's use technology and have more of local artists submitting their music through their music or stuff through emails i think that one can actually help so much in our country situation you know but uh, yeah basically i think that's the only advice i hear for the music industry of our country and the other thing i would so much love to see our government maybe giving license radio license licenses to maybe municipalities in cities or these small towns so that they run their own radio com- community radio stations and promote local artists and local crafts uh, you know so yeah basically that's what i can say not forgetting yeah there's the issue of royalties i think I think we are lacking somewhere, somehow. Uh, artists, we, we need to maybe have royalties, you know. I'm very much inspired by the situation in South Africa. South Africa is making a lot of money from the arts and entertainment industry. I think we have to copy what they do, you know. There is nothing bad about copying something good from your neighbor. You copy and you prove on that one, maybe you have seen some mistakes from their way of running things. But basically, South Africa is doing very well. Why can't we copy that and also improve our industry? You know, so I know that's the few ways I have for the music, for our Zimbabwean music industry. My last my last and my last and parting words to the other youths out there chasing the dream is that keep on grinding keep on keeping don't be discouraged by any negative energy from anyone just do your thing only your confidence will take you there I mean confidence, not pride. <laughs> Get me right. Oh yeah. The other thing is that if you do your thing with God, I'm telling you nothing will be impossible. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm a living testimony. as for that one. Uh, otherwise, yeah. Keep on keeping, guys. 
definitely we get there. We started dreaming also. We started as a dream also. Yeah, and the dream never dies, you know. Let's keep on keeping. Ndiko upetanga ayama ifiba ashu. Ndichi riva ko utechelisa The Voice Note podcast. Nda, ndoribuwa. Oyundi badila. Yo, man. That was an explosive interview. Uh, we were speaking to Badila, a house musician based uh, in Bait Bridge, doing amazing stuff, singing, using the local languages and making beautiful music. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the music uh, as well, which was part of the background. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out Badila on social media. He's there on Instagram at Badila. Uh, you can also find him on Facebook. And uh, yeah, check out the links on his pages and just listen to the beautiful house music he makes thank you for tuning into the voice now podcast remember to follow the voice now podcast on twitter at the voice now pod and uh yeah man thank you for tuning in you're listening to the voice now podcast the voice within the voice you're listening to the voice no podcast yeah 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 what up though what up though it's your boy mc you know the rest baby aka mc cheetah and you are now listening to the voice note podcast welcome to the voice no podcast this is the voice no podcast the voice within and i am your host nigel Njovo, aka night vision aka the media mogul aka i do the most Yes, man, we're so excited. This is our very first episode in 2019. Man, 2019 has been amazing so far. We hope and trust you're having an amazing year so far. And I'm glad to say, in our very first episode, we've got an amazing soul, an amazing person who has done amazing stuff for TV, for radio, and for podcasting. He's also a brand builder. He's currently the creative director at Pepper Big Africa. Uh, he's gonna be telling us more about what Pepperback Africa is right here on the Voice Note podcast. This guy has traveled the world and he has helped build several brands in Zimbabwe and outside Zimbabwe as well. He's a very strong voice and he's ready to work. I'm talking about Gilmore T. Gilmore Moyo T. Uh, yes, man, Gilmore Moyo T. This guy is amazing. He's doing amazing stuff in the creative sector in Zimbabwe. So yeah, we got the chance to interview him right here on the Voice Note Podcast. We had an amazing chat, man. I must say, this is one of our very longest episodes right here on the Voice Note Podcast. So yeah, man, get ready, grab your coffee, grab your drink, and let's listen to the Voice Note Podcast and enjoy the interview with Gilmore T. So obviously, my name is Gilmore T. Uh, Moyo, but I prefer to be called Gilmore T. That's my sort of like brand that I've created. Um, I would say possibly my my journey in the creative space started when I was still in primary school because yeah. I remember the first time that I got to be exposed to the National Gallery um, was when I was in grade six. So I did a painting in grade six and then they were selecting uh, people that would go from the school, about two students that would go from the school and go represent the school. And then I was one of the students that were selected. My painting was selected and it came, it was displayed at the National Gallery. So basically, that's, I guess that's the journey because it's so weird that I'm constantly at the National Gallery. So it's a place that I started coming to when I was in grade six. Um, 
and then still in primary school I was very much involved in painting and doing a lot of music I literally been trained uh, vocally to sing but I just don't sing <laughs> which is why I have a lot of voice in terms of when people are singing I'm like because um, I, I, I was trained for that but I chose not to practice that um, so that's basically where my staff started when I was in 11 years old or maybe way before that but 11 years old I don't want to lie and say oh I started singing when I was two years old yeah or I started painting when I was two years old but I realized I could paint and sing when I was six I was in grade six that was 11 years old um, and it went on to high school I mean obviously being involved in a lot of uh, arts projects I was the best art student anyway in high school nice. I got an A in art wow. <laughs> um, I got an A in English because I was the most outspoken English student also amongst the white people that thought they were the best <laughs> so um, from there onwards I think I've always been very fast in getting hold of opportunities and realizing this is what I want and I'm gonna grab it so what's your professional background in terms of the creative sector and all that? Because I see like on your Twitter page uh, you, you write like you're also a content creator. Yes, so, yes. And you also do some other stuff. So yeah. can, you, can, can you tell us your professional background? Um, uh, professional, I would actually say professional, not linked to the creative space. So I went to school to do development studies. Uh, before I actually went to do development studies, I did my uh, higher diploma in French. So, um, je parle français, j'étudie français aussi. Uh, I speak French and I, I also learn French. Um, and then after doing my French for two years, I went on to do my development studies at the National University of Science and Technology yeah. at NAST. Um, worked in the NGO for quite some time, about five years in the NGO space, working with Alliance Francaise, went to Senegal to work with Action Aid International. But then I think it was when I was in Senegal that I realized that I do not want to work for the NGO space is like directly maybe as a consultant but not directly involved because um for ngos to exist the poor need, need to remain poor yes. so um, the sustainability that you learn in school is actually just a dream or it's just something that they're selling to us dreams that are being sold to people yeah. um so when i was in senegal actually um I was trying to, because I was doing mountain evaluation for Action Aid International, and I was trying to get some funding to do a project uh, in one of the cities in Senegal. Yeah. And then my boss was, kept refusing to give me that funding, but she would give me funding for things like World Aid Day, Women's Day. And then I was getting frustrated because my question was, why do we keep funding these commemorations, but we're not funding the real things of helping to eliminate the HIV AIDS that we're commemorating? And then she said to me, Kimo, you realize that. Um, the NGO, in the NGO space, the poor need to remain poor for you to have a job. And then that was like a turning point for me. Came back to Zim 2014 and I never wanted to work for an NGO. But then I wanted to use my development studies uh, to create some sustainability and to develop the creative space. Um, so um, my background still worked either way because in whatever project that I work with or I work on in the creative space, might it be in fashion or in film, uh, or in podcasting or in whatever that allows me to voice out um, I always ask myself and then what which is the continuity of things because yeah. you may do a fashion show and then what so how are these people going to sustain themselves so I feel like that background in development studies has helped me to think that way to say um, I don't want to be famous but I want to make money I want to be able to buy myself a house I want to be able to sustain myself I want to be able to have wealth not to have riches that will blow up tomorrow, but I want wealth, I want a legacy of some sort to be created. So it's something that I got from my development studies. Wow, yeah. that's huge. Bro. Yeah. 
Sounds uh, deep. <laughs> and I mean, uh, you've also like traveled a lot, like I have, I have, world, yeah. Can you can you tell us like uh, which which part of the world has actually changed uh, the way you think mm. uh, and the way you do things? Like, if I can say, maybe which which country has impacted you more <laughs> in terms of you as Kiumu as a person? I, w- I would always say to people, one of my fondest memories is always Senegal. I was in Senegal for a year and a half. Yeah. And when I was in Senegal, why I would say Senegal? Because everyone would think, oh, he's going to say the United States. No, it's not. Yeah. You say the UK or it's German or Belgium. But Senegal for me was a huge uh, transformer. First of all, I learned that we as African people, we tend to look east and west elsewhere but we never look at each other for value addition we never look at each other for solutions yeah. and i learned that when i was in senegal because in senegal you know when i left home my family was like why are you going to senegal a muslim country where there's war where there's rebels or things like that when i got there obviously traveling i was like ah oh, this is what i'm gonna expect but when i got there I've never seen such Ubuntu. My best Ubuntu, right? Yeah. You better go to Senegal. That's like the real. They leave that. When you're passing by the road, there's no way you're gonna pass someone's house without being invited to come and eat. There's no way you're gonna just. When I when I meet you like this, when we've met once or twice, automatically yeah. become my brother. In Senegal, I struggle to know who's the cousin, who's the next door neighbor, who's just another person because they all have this unity that they live by. And then you get to see what is portrayed on Western media of Muslims, you're like, but what is this that they portray? Because I never saw that when I was in Senegal. And yeah. I, I never saw Muslims as people that kill, 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 kill. I'm sure everyone, everywhere else we kill people. Even in South Africa, people are killed. Yes. Even in Zimbabwe, people are shot. Yeah. So in Senegal, I saw the part that of Muslims that you, no one else gets to see. And that changed me a lot in terms of my appreciation of people, in terms of realizing that every time I meet someone, there is a value addition that they have that I can get from, but the only thing that I need to do is to have conversation with them. Yeah. So let me not make an assumption with Unaicho Unjeso, but let me say, hey, what's up, bro? How are you doing? And it's only when I open my mouth and have conversation with you that I'll learn more from you and you'll learn something from me and we, get, we become value addition people. Yeah. So Senegal had that for me. And it's like, it had a huge impact for me. A year and a half in Senegal, uh, there's times I wanted to come back home because uh, they don't do things the way we do stuff. It's not as English as we are. We are very white people in Southern Africa. Yeah. Like when you, when they say white people, Southern Africa is white people. The way we do things, our mannerisms, the way we even structure our systems, our education, our our what you um, accommodation, the way our city is structured. Yeah. It's way white. In Senegal, you'll be walking one place, you see a cow here, and then the next thing, someone else has a fancy house next door. Everything's so jumbled up. It's like, it's, it's, it's clustered. It's raw. Yeah. But then it, in all that cluster, there's like so much core that I feel Southern Africa or Zimbabweans, we do not have at all. So that's what, that's what changed me the biggest. What I love the most is that I'm able to use my voice in whatever way. It can be through speaking on TV, it can be through creating content for TV, or creating content where you bring people together and they gather and they get to hear someone else speak. I, I like the fact that I'm able to, my voice is heard in, that, in everything that I do. It can be fashion, it can be through an event, it can be through radio, TV, whatever. You still be able to hear my voice. I'm able to communicate what I feel I need to communicate to people without me speaking sometimes. Uh, I also love the fact that I've become a bridge for so many things. I, For example, the Unheard series, 
there's a celebrity that people see from afar. There's Nigel, the huge filmmaker, and then there's the people that follow Nigel's work. I become the bridge to that. So I love the fact that I, I connect people, I create the bridges, and my voice is heard through whatever that I do. Oh, yeah. Okay, so before I think everyone knew that we used to, I used to have a company called Huna Management Agency, which I felt to connect with after some time when I traveled somewhere else. When I came back, I was like, ah, I'm struggling to connect. Um, but then Pearl Africa was born. Yeah. So Pearl Africa, we do PR, we do content creation, we do management. So you can come as Nigel and you say, I have this thing that I want to push the world and then we manage that for you, we will push it for you. Uh, or you say, uh, I've got a project that I've released, I want it to reach massive numbers of people, then we'll do PR for you. Or sometimes you just have an idea and then we create, we bring life to the idea. So we create content, we do PR, we do management. And why it's called Paperback Africa is because every when you get into a shop in general, you get into a shop with a, with a bag of some sort. Yes. And then whatever that you throw in that bag, or whatever you throw in that basket, or in that plastic bag, or in that paper bag, it's really of your choice. But in our paper bag, we decided to have African content in it. So hence it's called Paperback Africa. Our paper bag is full of African projects, African uh, personalities, African initiatives, hence Paperback Africa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your best uh, childhood memory. My best childhood memory, um, I'm gonna think of one in particular, but I think uh, my best childhood memory, they all derive from, because I was raised by my grandmother, uh, my mother's mother. Uh, they derive from my grandmother. Um, I think it was just, I remember when I was younger, we used to do a lot of singing in church, like obviously, and for me, that's like uh, my fondest memory as a child, because I, I'm just thinking to myself, like, I literally would stand in front of the church and you are singing and you are a kid and you have so much confidence in whatever that you are saying in front of the church or in front of people. So um, that I think for me is the most outstanding that thing that I remember when I was a kid because my grandmother instilled a lot of confidence in me. Uh, she was strict obviously but she instilled a lot of confidence in me that up to now I see that coming to life. I'm able to stand in front of people and I'm able to do a live uh, event on TV because of the same thing that my, my grandmother put in me when I was younger. Like, go stand in front of the church, do your memory verse, do your singing, and I would do that. So that's, that for me I think is maybe a life-changing childhood memory. Yeah. Nice. To read people's minds. I would love to read people's minds because I feel like human beings are full of shit. They're like full of shit as individuals and yeah. they're so complicated more than animals. Yeah. And um, I think if I have the ability to read their minds, it would help me understand them more. Because yeah. um, we're complicated, we're a complicated species, big time. Yeah. So my superpower, I want to read minds. Nice. Uh, what do you dislike about the creative sector in general? Uh, there's a huge thing that I've even tweeted about, unprofessionalism in the creative space. Um, people in the creative space, are, most of them are super talented, but what they don't realize is that talent on its own will not take you anywhere. Um, it's talent and uh, uh, professionalism and showing up on time, delivering things when you're asked to, uh, even dressing up for an activity when you're supposed to. Just try by all means to be professional. Uh, that takes you fine. Also the hunger to learn more, to to understand more, to uh, 
get more information because you can never have enough information. But then it's only when you're a professional and you understand what you're working with that you come to realize other things, other factors. So I hate the fact that the creative industries, there's a lot of unprofessional people and there's a lot of talented unprofessional people. Yeah, so it's, it's, it grinds my gears. Why do you think it's like, it's like that? Why do you think we have unprofessional people in the creative sector? I think it's also our system as a country that uh, the most professional thing is when one is a teacher when they've gone to university to start being a doctor or to be all these white collar jobs. So I feel like our system also has failed us as a, as a, as a, as a people, as a, as a, as a creative space, industry, like our government, our, our policies, because even up to now you find corporates going to uh, do mediocre advertisement. Tell one for example, where Amara is singing and she sounds like a freaking bird that has been strangled and things like that. It's, it's just the system, it's just our government, our corporates, they fail to actually realize that the creative space is a very important uh, industry that can contribute to our GDP. South Africa has done it very well. Durban is like the biggest uh, uh, you know, producer of the creative industry in South Africa because they have realized that the creative industry is actually an industry that can sustain a country. So uh, maybe our government and our system has failed us yeah. ridiculously. Wow. Tell us about your podcast, Brian. How did you get the Cliff Central deal? Um, I think first of all, uh, it's something that we had a conversation just before we started recording. Yeah. I feel like you get tired of waiting for uh, establishments to sort of like recognize your work or to recognize that you actually have a voice that matters. So unfortunately, they are so stupid in the sense that all the radios, the TVs and the newspapers are so stupid in the sense that they forget that we have the internet at our, in our hands you are able to even write your own blog instead of going to work for a major newspaper you can have your own following and create your own content through blogging uh, instead of going to a TV station you can even put your stuff on YouTube and or on Facebook and people will still watch and you get traction it's the same as, uh, as podcasting so I realized that I wanted my voice to be heard I have a strong voice in fashion and my, my voice in fashion has been I have like a footing in fashion big time um, and then I by that time, I was I was I'd already gone into the film space with Tata Wena, and then I still wanted a, a platform that would give me my voice in terms of not the face and the audiovisual, just the voice and its own to be heard. And then I thought, oh, let me start a podcast. So I started without actually being with anyone. It was just I'm I'm doing it by myself. I'll put it on SoundCloud. And after six months, um, then I made a bold move. I approached Cliff Central. Um, had a meeting with Gareth and uh, his co-founder, Rina. And uh, I said to them, I want to be on Cliff Central. And this, well, I'd been there before uh, for interviews. And then they asked me, why do you want to be on Cliff Central? And then I said to them, the first time I came here, I felt like I belonged here. I like the fact that your stuff is uncensored. You say what you think. It's not, um, you don't want to sound politically correct. Uh, Hence, you voice out the way you want to voice out. I want to be on this platform because it creates that. And secondly, there's a lot of Zimbabweans within South Africa, but where do they tune into when they want to hear what's happening back home? I want to be that voice in Cliff Central. So my approach was, they realized the value that I'm bringing, I realized the value that they bring to me into as a collaborative thing. And boom, six months later after launching the podcast, I was on Cliff Central and I was pushing it. I've been there for like a year and a half. So uh, I don't know how many episodes, so I have to count like every week, yeah, uh, yeah. how many stuff, uh, how much stuff I do. Yeah. But one of the, my 
biggest, uh, one of the things that I got attention for was the Mukumba interview that I had with them, Mboma Hawks interview, of course it's Mboma Hawks, uh, <laughs> um, and also when Zimbabwe was going through the whole November uh, 2017, I had a lot of attention around that, so I realized, you know what, it's an opportunity and we cannot wait for our other radio stations to eventually recognize us, but we can just be heard without them. Internet is there for us. Yeah. What do I do in my spare time? I, I love doing a lot of camping and also visit, uh, visiting. Like, I love my space, first of all. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you, you won't find me at events unless if I'm working. Uh, if I know I'm working, because I also hate just going to activities and there's no any value that I'm adding or that is being added to me. I'm not about support. I'm about actually consuming some because I want to. So I will say I'm a big fan of Nobuntu. I'll go and attend Nobuntu. I'm a big fan of Tarone Guitar. I'll attend Tarone Guitar. Yeah. I'm a big fan of movies. I'll go and watch a movie. Yeah. Um, so in many cases, I like, I read a lot. I'm reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah at the moment. Um, I've read Issa Rae. I read a lot of stuff. I do a lot of uh, outdoor activities, but maybe hiking or just walking around. Um, I hate noise. So you never see me a lot in the club. Maybe after an hour I want to go home. Um, I can't cook because I always bend my food. But, yeah, so mostly it's reading and doing outdoor activities. That give me space, like personal space, uh, with possibly my friends or whoever that I feel like, I, whoever I love, I need to spend time with them, but not in a boom boom power space. My dream project, I want to have the biggest fashion platform in, 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 in the continent. Uh, starting in Zimbabwe, obviously, because charity begins at home. So it's something that I'm working on. Possibly it's going to come out in November. But my fashion platform, why it has taken so many years, because but you're so good at putting things together. Uh, why don't you take over this? Why don't you do this? It has taken me years because, again, as a development studies former student, in my mind I'm thinking, Guti, if I start a fashion platform, and then what? So I'm, I'm sure you've realized in the past years I've been attending a lot of South Africa Fashion Week, Devon Fashion Fame, Mozambique, being involved in some of the fashion projects. I was being, I was deliberately doing that because I wanted to create a situation whereby you come and showcase to a platform that possibly I have created, but then there's continuity for you. Yeah. There's some sort of growth. So that's the one thing that I've been wanting to start since the day I started doing fashion shows. I want to create a fashion platform that merges audiovisual and uh, music and fashion. Um, so that's one thing that I want to do. The second thing that I would love to work, I would love to work with Ryan Seacrest. It sounds too big out there, yeah. but I would love to work with Ryan Seacrest because I, I like his hustle in the sense that he's so humble about it, but he's, he's, he's creating major things. He's the guy who's uh, the American Idol's host. He's, uh, he's got his own show on air with Ryan. He's the producer of the Kardashians. If he was not there, the Kardashians were not going to be there. But you see now that his name his legacy and his success is not being told by him, but it's, it's told by people that he has influenced. I want to be that guy. I want a situation where when you say Arakani, there's no way an Arakani story is told without the mention. That's what I want my success to be, uh, where it's told through other people, not by me voicing out. Almost what I said, success is when uh, your work is, is told by other people other than yourself, uh, is when your light is not only shining on you, but your light has influenced other people and uh, it's shining through Mboma Hawks, it's shining through Arakan, it's shining through Nigel, it's shining through the other Gilmore, it's shining through other people where that's my success for me. 
your light should not sh only shine on you, but it should sustain other people too. Um, and obviously bring money. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Something I love. I love drinking water. I feel it's like uh, it's the most important thing that God gave to us. It gives you glow. It, uh, it keeps you away from people's businesses. You drink your warm water and you're always busy going to the toilet instead of being busy in people's businesses. So I love drinking water for that. Um, yeah, I've said why. So that's it. <laughs> uh, someone told me that you you should stay true to yourself and you should never allow anyone to dim your light. And in that I see it every single day because after that I've realized that every time I do something I want to be able to have some uniqueness to it. And it will always have a certain touch of, 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 of me. But at the same time I want um, the light to still shine in it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've, I met Mbo in 2012. No, actually, 2000, hey Lord, it's been far. 2000, not even 2012, we started working in 2012. Yeah. I met Mbo in, I think it was soon after high school, 2009. Yeah. So it's been a decade. Uh, that's when I met Mbo. And the funny thing is, like, I'm a big fan of Lira, the, the artist. And then I, I, we were talking about music, and I said, Lira, she's like, oh my God, I'm looking for the album. And then we exchanged uh, contacts. And then uh, I think WhatsApp was, was it there by then? It wasn't there. Yeah, it was. It wasn't there. I don't know how we exchanged, but I gave her on a flash drive or something. And um, I think my relationship with Mbo, what people, most people don't understand, because a few of these people I socialize have tried to destroy my relationship with her. They don't understand. My relationship with him is, is a very spiritual relationship in the sense that um, we wish other, we wish each other well all the time. We pray for each other. We. Um, where each other's cheerleaders all the time when she's done something like she's nominated for whatever I'm the first person to say it uh, when I'm doing something she's the first person to say that um, and obviously in many people's eyes we have slept with each other possibly with kids we're still dating or whatever you know which is okay I mean you think whatever you want to think but um, our relationship is based on more spirituality it's more it's beyond just we meet up and we take Insta stories, but it's we, we, we are there for each other all the time. And she's one person I feel, I wish, like I'm so excited for her and everything that she does, I know about it before anyone else knows. Everything I do, she knows about it before anyone else knows. And I, um, yeah, man, I have like so many nice things to say about her, but she's a special person to me. Very special. Very, very special. Uh, what advice? Make sure that you reach out to people that you want to work with it sounds stupid sometimes but if i want to work with nigel there's nothing wrong with me reaching out to nigel what i've done it's almost okay before i even finish this i'll say it's every time i bump into people and i see someone looking good whether a woman whether a guy i always say hey you're looking so good oh i like your shoes i like this i like whatever and it's how the people take them because in zim i realized when you compliment people they have an attitude they will they'll be like ah yeah i'm full or things like that but then what i've done for myself i set myself free by telling you that you're looking so good or you did well yeah. it's then up to you how you're going to receive it and how you're going to respond but then i've set myself free by telling you what i think so um it's the same thing with uh, any other person if you feel that you want to work with nigel go to nigel talk to him tell him how much you want to work with him if nigel doesn't respond the way you're expecting it's okay you can move on and find another person but then what you've done you set yourself free by releasing whatever that you've been keeping and then it's how nigel is going to respond to you so don't be afraid to approach people talk to them um uh, create relationships because they will always sustain you 
throughout. Um, so and be don't burn bridges. Burn the bridges that you feel are not gonna. Well, you're not gonna come back to like a bad bad relationship. But don't burn bridges. Don't be afraid to approach people. Don't be afraid to introduce yourself. Because it's just a high that will open other doors. Okay. Yeah. So um, we have the Unheard series. I mean, I already explained, like, it's, it's aimed at bridging a gap between people of, uh, of note that we see from different walks of life, people that are in the creative space, sports, politics, whatever. Um, Unheard series is there to create the bridge between the people that follow them and these individuals. So um, we started off with Mark Onlovu the banger. The next person we have is Tendai Luo. He's a storyteller, digital strategist, he's a creative director who has done incredible work with Mzansi Magic, uh, Mnet Africa, BET Africa, um, The Voice Nigeria, Idol South Africa. He has worked on those projects and is coming in March, uh, beginning of March. And then uh, we jump the next uh, month. We've got July with Tino Chinyani. Uh, and then we've got September with um, Boma Hawks, plus uh, someone else from CNN who's a vlogger, uh, but I'm still yet to confirm her. And then possibly the last one, I'm hoping to bring Kesti Coventry to Bulawayo to have a conversation with young people in Bulawayo in November. That should be the last thing. And then the next one, uh, November, you should expect like a huge fashion uh, activity that in obviously involves fashion, music, and uh, film. So uh, film in fashion, because film plays a huge role in fashion, music plays a huge role in fashion. And then um, we've got something else that's coming up that has to do with music. Uh, at Pepperbeck Africa, but I'm not heading that. Someone else is heading that. Um, but it's um, I can't say the name now. But it's on social media. Oh, if you check our hashtags, um, and then um, what else do you want to do? We're gonna do a lot of TV content stuff. So all the events that we do, we film that, and then we hope to sell them to a network, and uh, obviously keep uh, being relevant. And um, yeah, I look forward to just doing a lot of stuff in film and fashion. Nice. So I would wanna work with you one day. Yeah, man, that was Gilmore T right here on the Voice Note Podcast telling us more about his creative journey, how it all started, and uh, what his future plans are. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Voice Note Podcast, the voice within. Be sure to catch us on social media. Follow the Voice Note Podcast on Twitter at the Voice Note Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at the Voice Note Podcast. You can also find us on anchor.com at the voice now podcast thank you for tuning in be sure to catch us next time as we interview another african mover and shaker